let's start with an update to the story that I covered yesterday. Despite the best efforts of five anonymous American cardinals, out of the six American cardinals total, and out of a total of 67 American bishops not wanting to discuss the question of valid reception of the Eucharist by Catholics in the public eye, the USCCB will move forward with the discussion shortly. This was about the issue of those persons who are nominally Catholic but who publicly serve Moloch and work against the interests of the Church receiving the Blessed Eucharist at Mass. The USCCB addressing this issue despite the efforts of its most influential members is good news. This story comes by way of Italian journalist Marco Tosati, and while it doesn't offer anything new than what I covered yesterday aside from that brief update, if you want to read his reporting of it, I'll have it included in the show notes for today's episode at returntotradition.org. That's returntotradition.org, the name of this channel, with a .org at the end. And I post all my show notes there, and you just skip past the Patreon pop-up. There's no paywall to access my sources. For today's story, let's bear in mind what is going on with the USCCB and this internal struggle for theological coherence between the various bishops and cardinals. Keep that story in the back of your mind, because we have an interesting story emerging out of Germany, and I haven't heard anybody cover this. And I want to send a special thank you to the mutual friend of mine on Twitter who sent me this story. This was a very good get, because no one has seen this yet. A new dubia has been submitted to the Holy See. No, not on anything Francis has done or said publicly, but on the German bishops themselves and the question of schism. The document is not available in English as of the time of the production of the show, so I ran it through a translating service, and I'll have to reword some of it due to syntax errors from that translation, and also for the usual reasons related to where the show is right now. But I'll have the full text of the document here for you today. The story comes from the German outlet Kath.net. Quote, A group of lay faithful from the Diocese of Essen has brought a dubium to Rome, the faithful have doubts about the unity of the German Catholic Church with Rome. These doubts are based on the tendencies deviating from the doctrine of the Church within the framework of the synodal path of the German bishops. The initiators of the dubia from the Diocese of Essen said, The emerging questions mark about many aspects of the Catholic faith are increasingly leading to polarization in the local congregations. These uncertainties and confusions carry the potential for division. A central goal of the initiative is the unity of the German church with Rome. From the point of view of the initiators, the questions must be asked, is there a schism in the sense of Canon 750 already, before the synod begins? Now the document begins with the modern definition of schism, which never was accepted as the definition of schism until the 1980s, because usually the definition of schism involves claims of territorial jurisdiction in the church by bishops, and the establishment essentially of a parallel territorial jurisdiction and an outright rejection of the papacy in its entirety. It's kind of troubling, and frankly, they use the ultramontanist and novus ordo definition of the term meant to quell any opposition to the innovations that have left the church in the condition it has increasingly been in for several decades now. But it uses that term to frame the dubia itself, which is, by the way, not a long document, as such is now presented to you in full. Now, dubia documents are presented in a question positive, usually in the form of if, and then several bullet points, and then the question of if is brought up again with a the actual question of that they're trying to ask. So there's, the format's going to sound a little weird for those not used to it, but 
I present to you now the dubium. If, point one, on the synodal path in Germany, the demand for the ordination of Father Brenda is made and the discussion continues, although Pope John Paul II declared in his apostolic letter, Ordinatio Sacerdotalis of 1994, that the Church has no authority whatsoever to make those in question priests or to consecrate, this doctrine is closely connected with revelation, belongs to the positive faith, and therefore requires the final consent of the believers, because the doctrine is based on the written word and has been consistently preserved and applied in the tradition of the Church from the beginning and has been presented infallibly, definitely and unchangeably, by the ordinary and universal magisterium. See Vatican II's document, Lumen Gentium, paragraph 25, verse 2. Point 2. Furthermore, on the synodal path in Germany, the change and adaptation of the Church's nuptial sacramental morality is promoted. 3. Acted against the express prohibition of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith by blessing those in the James Martin state, and thus the rejection of the Code of Canon Law, section 1371.2, has been fulfilled. Then, point four, if the intercommunion practice at the ecumenical church meeting, which took place in Frankfurt from the 13th to the 16th of May 2021, exceeds the limits of Canon 844, has clearly exceeded subsection 4, and thus the breaching of the Code of Canon Law against prohibited communion and prayer, according to Canon 1365, has been fulfilled. And point 5, if lay people continue to demonstrably disregard the prohibition of preaching in the celebration of the Eucharist, although according to Canon 767, subsection 1, the homily in the celebration of the Eucharist is reserved for priests and deacons, and according to an authentic interpretation of the Pontifical Council for the legal text of June 20th, 1987, the bishops cannot dispense from this norm, so that no diocesan bishop can instruct a layperson to give homilies during the celebration of the Eucharist. If these points before then there is a schism in the sense of Canon 751 already. The document is signed May 23rd, meaning it has been submitted to Rome for some time already and made public because, most likely, it was received but never responded to, like with Cardinal Burke's dubia in the aftermath of Amoris Laetitia, which I'll get to in a moment. So, what is the simple language version of this document? The question is that if there is already a situation in Germany where the norms of priestly ordination are being openly rejected by the bishops, priests, and even lay faithful of that country, if these same figures are embracing Pastor Jimmy Martin and all of his ideas, despite canon law saying otherwise, if they are practicing a form of Eucharistic profanation that runs afoul of canon law already, and if the laity are taking on roles at the Mass reserved for the priests and deacons of the Church, they're doing all of these things despite canon law saying otherwise, with full knowledge and consent, then this dubia asks the simple question, does schism between the church and Germany and the Holy See already exist? In my mind, the answer to that question is an obvious yes, that a de facto schism already exists. What will happen with this dubia? Probably the same thing that happened with Cardinal Burke's dubia. Now, for those of you who might not be aware, just before the American holiday of Thanksgiving in 2016, it was revealed that four cardinals, Italian Carlo Caffara, American Raymond Burke, and Germans Walter Brandmuller and Joachim Meisner submitted a dubia, or a formal document, expressing doubts over the contents of Amoris Laetitia and requested clarification from Pope Francis. Nearly five years later, no formal response has been issued, and half of the dubia cardinals have gone on to uh, meet our blessed Lord. And this is an unprecedented state in the history of the Church. Dubia have always been answered by popes. Though, 
informal responses have actually been made by Francis in the form of saying that the interpretation of certain parts of that document were a total break from Catholic tradition and theology, and they are the correct interpretation of his actions, meaning that the critics of the document were right on the issue of Eucharistic coherence, to borrow the phrase being thrown around these days, which means also that the uh, cardinals here, the D4 Dubia cardinals, were correct since the uh, since Amoris Laetitia is, was a break from the theological norms of the Church regarding the Eucharist and the nuptial sacrament. Now, as with the dubia by these cardinals, this dubia will almost certainly be ignored by Rome. I mean, how could it not be? If Francis is willing to ignore an international group of very high-profile cardinals who represent a wide variety of the faithful on critical issue like the nuptial sacrament in the Eucharist, then certainly today Francis will ignore a group of laymen who are concerned about, well, the nuptial sacrament and the Eucharist. It's kind of funny in a very sad way how this keeps coming up, how the intersection of all these issues are those two sacraments in particular. Every point of the dubia from these laymen touch on those two sacraments in some way. And it reminds of what, me of what Our Lady of Fatima told Sister Lucia, about how the final battle between the devil and heaven would be over the nuptial sacrament. Which brings me back to yesterday's show. Five American cardinals out of the six, though Marco Tussati says it was three for the record, as well as a total of 67 bishops, mostly auxiliary bishops from what I'm reading, objected to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops even examining the question of putting together a sound teaching document on the worthy reception of the Blessed Sacrament. Consider the implications of that all you like, but that tells us a lot about the state of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Thankfully, they are taking the first step, but here is what comes next. A debate will occur at their virtual meeting on the necessity of even providing such a document. Then an attempt will be made to table the issue again until the coming November meeting of the bishops. And then the negotiations will, will occur to make sure the contents of any document that is released will not be too abrasive or too forceful on the question of Catholics in the public eye who serve Moloch and oppose the central meat-and-potatoes tenets of the faith through their very actions. By the time the document is finished, there's a very good chance that it will have been watered down to the point of being utterly meaningless, especially since the Catholics in question only need to find a priest or bishop who is willing to give them Holy Communion, despite what the USCCB has to say on the matter since the USCCB has no canonical standing at all. Fun fact, none of the national bishops' conferences technically have any canonical standing. They're a fabrication of the influential bishops after the council who wanted to elevate the power of the bishops as a body at the expense of the power of the papacy. But that's another topic for another time. But that, folks, is the new dubia. Now, what do you think? Is there any chance at all that someone in Rome will answer this document in a formal way? Or are the authors wasting their time? And thank you for putting up with that really clumsy translation. Uh, electronic translations just never really go well. So I hope my explanation after the fact you found helpful. But all in all, let me know your thoughts in the comments, please. And make sure to like, subscribe, and hit that bell so you don't miss anything. It does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.